Welcome to Ballet Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including ballet dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories, secrets and tips with you. Hello guys, you are listening to Ballet Dance Live podcast and today we have a very special episode. This is a completely new format that I'm experimenting with, but before I dive into insights of this uh, episode, I just want to announce the results of amazing giveaway that we announced uh, last time, last week with uh, uh, Jelena. And the rules were very simple. You just needed to screenshot or do a selfie if you listen to that podcast and wrote uh, what was your most uh, valuable takeaways or maybe some inspiration information that you heard on that podcast and share it as a post on Instagram or Facebook. And then we promise to choose one winner who will get a special gift from Jelena and Bella Dance Evolution with uh, BDE special merchandise, CDs and DVDs, and I'm happy to announce uh, the winner. So, special gift from Jelena and Bella Dance Evolution will go to Hathor Dance Studio, who uh, wrote on Instagram, awesome podcast by Jan and Dance with very amazing Jelena Carlano, such an insightful and inspiring interview. Great questions by Jana. I still can't believe Australia will have this massive opportunity to train and even perform with Ballet Dance Evolution in March 2019. Some really insightful tips for dancers wanted to audition late in 2018. Jelena shares golden nuggets of information. Set aside an hour, get comfy and listen. And I completely agree, that interview was epic and for uh, not only those dancers who actually want to audition in the future for Ballet Dance Evolution Productions, but in general who are just interested in developing their dance careers or taking their Ballet Dance passion to a different level, that interview had so much interesting and useful information that if you haven't heard it yet, regardless of this giveaway, just go <laughs> go and listen to it because you will get a lot of inspiration and knowledge and just hearing the experience of such established and successful performer and artist in general as Jelena, who is actually not only performer, she is director, she's producer, she's choreographer, teacher and uh, so much more. To hear her story and her experience and her approach to work, it's literally a treasure, a box of treasures of knowledge. And you can get it on the Ballet Dance Live podcast. So go back to episode 22. And if you haven't heard it, tune in and listen. And uh, in any case, let us know what you think. And uh, uh, maybe you'll record soon one more episode with Jelena. So you're welcome to send me questions that you'd like me to ask her on the next uh, interview. Anyway, congratulations once again to the winner of podcast. Uh, uh, please uh, reach out to me with uh, your contact information so that uh, uh, BDE can send you a special gift and enjoy it. 
Before we start our episode, I'd like to thank to Bella Dance Evolution for supporting our podcast. Bella Dance Evolution is a revolutionary company that explores, celebrates, and reimagines Middle Eastern and Western dance. It's Bella Dance Evolution's recent development of a youth sponsorship program. PD founder Jelini is committed to providing affordable instructions for our youth by paying for one year's tuition of Bella Dance classes. Do not postpone submitting your online application. For more information, head over to the website belladanceevolution.com. So, as I said, this episode is slightly different format than usual. This one is going to be a mashup of different interviews, and today we'll hear from Julia Farid, from Shahrazad, from uh, Sadi, from Jazeera, Cassandra Fox, uh, as well as uh, Alex Delora. And the idea of this uh, sort of compilation of different uh, interviews. Uh, uh, into one uh, solid episode of the podcast came to me that I started listening to the old uh, episodes uh, that were published earlier, as well as at the same time interviewing more and more guests. And I noticed how even despite each interview has one sort of focus topic or central idea that we are talking most of the time about, but at the same time we still catch different... uh, themes with the same guests, like um, maybe we'll talk about mostly, I don't know, uh, international career, but we'll still talk a little bit about choreographing process of the training process, or we'll talk about uh, mainly uh, production and theater performances, but at the same time uh, we'll mention how ballet dance may influence uh, life in general and uh, those transitions from a regular, let's say, corporate uh, world into the a world of art and dance, and etc. So there were some recurring topics from interview to interview, and some themes uh, and some ideas were repeated by different artists in their own way, but sort of had some similarities. But at the same time, some other topic they had very different approach from different artists so i decided that from time to time i will be doing those uh, mashups <laughs> episodes uh, on specific topics but within the same hour from different artists talking about the same subject i think it can give a lot of value in terms of identifying oh they all are doing the same thing so they have similar patterns in something and at the same time on the contrary, sometimes just uh, figuring out that there is no one, only one right way. There is different ways to do the same thing and different approaches to the same idea or topic or subject. So that's why I uh, uh, decided that from time to time there will be those uh, kind of uh, episodes that kind of will bring you back to the previous interviews and also as you know reminding or review of the stuff is always a good thing uh, because uh, how often would we come back to previous episodes to really release them but this way we kind of have an idea have an opportunity to uh, refresh in our minds all the valuable uh, uh, knowledge and insights that our guest gave us in the past but today since this is a first uh, kind of this uh, new format of uh, podcast episodes, I decided to start with a very funny topic. And today we'll see how different ballet dance stars has 
just started their belly dance journey and you'll see there will be some very fun similarities and coincidences and at the same time Every single of them has studied in a completely different way, have, was inspired by completely different things. And it's just a fun reminder that even those stars and established artists who now we see and we admire, either seeing them live, attending their workshops, or just uh, following their work on social media, but even those stars who now we see in this glamour world of ballet dance, they actually have studied somehow. They had at some point their very first ballet dance class and they were facing the same challenges as many of us are facing even uh, now, just was facing recently if you started your ballet dance journey just <laughs> not that a long time ago. So I kind of find that it's uh, very fun to go back in times and imagine those uh, established successful stars uh, at their very first balladance classes and what was happening. And to start this episode, I decided to start with uh, stories by, story by uh, Julia Farid. And the reason I chose it, first, uh, it's very fine. Uh, it's, first of all, it's a very fun story in, at all. And a good reminder that uh, now we are all so knowledgeable and uh, so much into learning more and more about belly dance. But in the beginning of our journeys, we are so naive. We are like kids. We don't know anything. And very often we mistake in things and uh, uh, just mess up and think that this is the same or this is different. And... Uh, <laughs> Only as our balladance journey sort of uh, goes on, then we start figuring out things. But in the beginning, it's very common that we do all sorts of different mistakes and we just need to keep learning and improving them. But... Uh, um, also, the reason why I decided to start with uh, Julia's uh, story was there is some personal reason to that, I would say. <laughs> we actually started together with her in the same group on the same day. And I remember that girl, even before she was known as Julia Farid, <laughs> known international star. And I just find it symbolic to start with her story because I remember my first ballet dance class. And to be honest, I did not like ballet dance. I have no, actually, I know why I st uh, stayed, but I had no idea that I would stay in ballet dance for so long that, that it would become part of my uh, life and work. <laughs> uh, but in fact, I didn't like it in the beginning. But what I liked was our teacher and how she presented herself and how calm she was and how confident she was in just... Uh, confident and calm at the same time. She was not pushing any materials. She was just sort of like inviting you to to take a look into her knowledge and share. And I know uh, her name was uh, Olga Grichenyuk and she was also practicing a lot of yoga stuff. So it was a combination of yoga approach and some belly dance, a lot of spirituality involved in those classes. But I really like how she presented herself just as a person. So I remember I decided to come back for the next class just to sort of observe her and maybe learn something and get some tips for myself because I was not very confident or public <laughs> speaking person at that time. So I decided to came back just to possibly learn something just for myself as a person, not as a dancer. And then it just kept going on and on and on and on. And now I can't even imagine stop dancing. <laughs> That's completely a different story now. But uh, it's just funny to compare two people 
who came literally on the same day in the same class and started their belly dance journey there but how different there were stories you'll hear if you haven't heard the interview with uh, Julia you'll hear now a little part of it and hear the funny story that she had with her <laughs> beginning of her belly dance uh, classes but it's also interesting to compare how two people who came on the same day the same group to the same teacher who both decided to pursue their dance journey further than just a hobby, but in completely different ways. And now looking like we are both working as a full-time dancer, but in a completely different fields and in completely different uh, aspects of ballet dance world. And it's just uh, very fun and, and nice to reconnect from time to time now and uh, remember all days, but also to see that uh, ballet dance doesn't have only one way to go. It always have has different opportunities depending on what you are looking for. So, without further ado, uh, di let's dive in into Julia's stories. And I just want to remind that uh, her interview was uh, a full interview. It was episode number five. And we talked about, a lot about challenges of international life and uh, her today's uh, career that she's traveling all around the world almost every weekend or so. And all the beautiful things that come out of this lifestyle as well as all challenges. So if you're someone who is interested in developing your international ballet dance career, I highly encourage you to go back to episode five and listen to the full interview. Or just stay here for now and listen to fun story of how her ballet dance journey just had started. Oh, if I start from the very beginning, it's uh, going to be a quite strange and funny story. Because <laughs> I was never thinking about ballet dance and I was really interested in Indian dance. And I started searching for a studio where I can study actually Indian dance. Mm -hmm. And my friend told me, like, Julia, you know, I found quite nice studio and it's not far from our home, so we should definitely go there. Uh, when I arrived, I already bought some CDs because I decided, okay, after the class, I'm going to rehearse a bit what we have studied today. And I just saw that the movements were strange and we were doing some, some different stuffs. I was like, okay, probably it's another type of Indian dance and mm -hmm. later we will start doing something with our hands and fingers. <laughs> no, the second class, no, again. And, and then I heard in the, um, in the dance studio backstage how their students were speaking like, oh, you know, when I started ballet dance, I felt this and that. And I was like, oh, girls, is here a ballet dance school as well? And they looked at me in a very strange way like, Julia, actually, you are studying with us and you are studying ballet dance. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, it was 14 years ago, probably. And at that time, there were no lot of dance studios in Kiev. And it was no information about that. We even didn't use internet like we're using it now. Uh, we had the deal up, if you remember, mm -hmm. when you had to call in modem and they were calling you back and you were using that very slow internet. So it was so hard to find any information about that. And uh, for me, I heard nothing about ballet dance. So I, I started it occasionally. It was simply a mistake, <laughs> which really became then a whole life. Well, we are very lucky with uh, such mistake of yours, <laughs> because now we have you as an amazing uh, dancing teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, my friend is still joking, like, Julia, you owe me. 
you owe me a lot of money. <laughs> you owe me. <laughs> Because if not me, you would never start that dance probably. <laughs> and uh, why did you decide then to continue ballet dance and not to switch and find uh, a studio of actual Indian dance? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. You know, um, before I was doing some ballroom dance, I was studying uh, sport dance, and uh, it was much easier to dance, like, with uh, move your hips and arms. You already understand the, the, the stuff, what, how, it's, how it should be. And um, I saw that, like, I see some results on my body. I see how it's uh, moving. I, I enjoy it. I really loved my teacher and uh, the group with whom I was studying together. And I was like, why not? You know, uh, it was for fun. I, I enjoyed it. I was attending classes uh, every every week, like one time in a week, just not done not that much. But I, I felt good there. So I decided, like, I will try that. Maybe another time I will start Indian dance. Mm. But then it this idea never came back to me again. Mm, I see. Well... I can only repeat that we are very lucky with that. <laughs> um, and uh, what was uh, a turning point for you then uh, you start thinking about ballet dance a little bit more serious than just a hobby, but maybe even thinking about it as a possible career uh, as you have it right now. But do you remember that transition period that the meaning of ballet dance start changing? Yeah, I do. I do. Actually, it was uh, an idea of our teacher Uh, that you probably remember this teacher uh, because we were studying together, Jana. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, I think and we should was... clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Here is another point to speak about because we know each other for many years and we were dancing together. That I'm very happy to speak with you now, knowing you and like remembering all these our you know crazy performances, first performances uh, without knowledge, without but just with the wish to dance. And our experience together on the stage, it was it was really great time. So actually, when uh, uh, our teacher uh, said, like, uh, you know, girls, you can start uh, teaching, you can uh, choose maybe like uh, the region where you wanna, uh, the, the, let's say, the district where you wanna teach, and you can start the classes with the beginners. I felt like, oh, it's gonna be a new experience. It's something new. Okay, I was not that good to to teach, saying the truth. But I had a big wish to to start something, so I had the I started the classes for mostly my friends. I love this story so much, isn't it hilarious? And also such a great reminder of us that in the beginning we didn't know anything about belly dance either. Like how often we now complain, like oh general audience they don't know what is belly dance, they confuse it with so many different other dance styles, they don't. Uh, Think about it seriously, but guys, come on, we didn't know about ballet dance much as well than we started our dance journey and this is more exception than someone comes to ballet dance class very consciously, oh, I want to learn, I don't know, Egyptian uh, folklore or Turkish oriental or, or whatever else, like we just want to learn something that we think the ballet dance is or maybe not even ballet dance, we're just uh, looking for some other than style and just by mistake get to ballet dance thinking that, oh, this is something like this, <laughs> but 
I just thought this is so hilarious to hear that uh, some of the Baladin stars got into Baladin's sort of by mistake, and you'll hear there will be more stories like this uh, in upcoming uh, next uh, <laughs> half an hour of this uh, episode. But uh, switching from Julia's story, I'd like to feature a story from Cassandra Fox, who now is a queen of uh, ballet dance on social media. She has so many views on her channels, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, and uh, she inspires so many people. But her story is uh, completely different from Julia's story. And here's what she said. Then I asked her how ballet dance became part of her life. Um, Shakira. That's like, if I'm being totally honest, I don't know if I'd have ever looked up the words belly dance if I hadn't been a teenage girl obsessed with Shakira. <laughs> hmm. Just absolutely, um, she was my absolute favorite singer. I just adored everything about her. So I read everything about her and then I read that she'd studied belly dance. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So then I looked it up and because of where I live, I never found any classes out here. So it just sort of falls to the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. And fast forward, I was in university and um, my first access at the time to Wi-Fi, like to high speed internet and YouTube had just come out. So I was able at that point to look up other avenues of belly dance and just see more of it. Like, oh, my only access at that point was still like Shakira, <laughs> which I, you know, I'm not going to get into the debate on whether or not she's actual belly dance. I love her and that's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> so that was the start of it. And from there, I, uh, I just kept, you know, I was able to see more of belly dance and see, I saw Rachel Bryce and I saw Natalia Strelshenko, who now goes by Natalia Fada, you know, just, all these access, Fifi Abdu, Sohair Zaki, you start to see so much more as stuff gets added and added. So it was Natalia's video that I was like, okay, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I need to do that. Mm. <laughs> and she was dancing to Warda and it was just, it was so beautiful. The music was beautiful. She was beautiful. The costume was beautiful. The way she just floated, I was, I was obsessed. So she was my new Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept watching and watching her and I just kept practicing around my room dancing watching these videos because I wanted to do that and mm. um, it was just a hobby it was just something I did for fun and I never thought anything of it and it didn't really become a dance thing because my family's Jamaican so I grew up with dance hall and soca and reggae and calypso just being part of your social life mm -hmm. you know you just everyone dances just for fun so I always had that part I've always had that love for like movement and music so the one day, I think this was like the turning point. I was early for a physics lecture. And anyone who knows me knows I'm never early for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, was reading this bulletin board for the first time. And I saw that the university had a Latin Student Association, West Indian Student Association, and African Student Association. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a West Indian one for like students with Caribbean families or people from the Caribbean. I should look into it. And they were putting on this event and they were looking – for performers and I really don't know why I thought to myself I should go dance at that <laughs> and so I just made a video in my room on like a webcam and sent it to them and they're like yeah come dance on it and then I was like why did I do this oh I see so it basically started for you from following YouTube videos right uh, like as I understood you didn't yeah. have really formal ballet dance teacher 
No. And I, you know, I used to hate admitting that because I feel you get a lot of judgment for it, but that's how it started for me. And that's my story. And if people have a problem with it, they can have a problem with it. I'm sort of at that mm -hmm. point. No, that's great. Like it's different, uh, different ways. And it's interesting to hear the path of person who didn't have like a set, let's say standard or what's considered normal <laughs> way of learning ballet dance. It's just different way. And, and then it basically took you to performing, uh, publicly already like how long uh, since you first tried to to follow belly dance uh, video till that first performance how long was it few years or was it few months <laughs> it was a really shockingly quick turnover <laughs> i shouldn't admit to but it was like a couple months um but to be fair I'll, there's a lot of movement similarity between caribbean dance and belly dance in certain movements like um whining in Caribbean dance is very similar to an interior hip circle or an Omi in belly dance. So I think I had some ability in movement range from just social dancing in my life. Mm. Um, if, so I don't think it was like I was totally new to, to moving. It was just, um, I, I could see the similarities sort of off the bat. I'm a visual learner. So You know, everyone learns differently. I tend to, even when I go to workshops now, there's times when I just sort of try to keep to the back and just watch mm -hmm. because I find I learn better if I just watch something and take it in quietly and then putter around with it later. You know, I feel like that definitely played a part, but it was a quick turnover. I don't know the exact timeline, but I would say a couple months, which is, <laughs> I don't recommend it. How did it go? You know, I, I remember being so terrified so terrified <laughs> um just this like overwhelming like i was a terrible public speaker in school um i got better because i forced myself to get better at it i was like you need to get over this uh but I, i you know i was very uncomfortable with being on stage so i really don't know still to this day why i read that poster and thought i should dance at that thing i think i just deep down still really wanted to be shakira or natalia <laughs> mm. And that urge just was like, I don't want to go to physics. I want to do this. <laughs> uh, so I, I did that. That's awesome. Um, and that, you know, I thought that video is on a VHS somewhere because this is back in 2008. This isn't even, this is like pre-digital. That's on a VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, my grandma came and filmed it. I just remember being terrified and, and looking down the whole time. Um, and I just remember feeling like I couldn't breathe and my face was all red. And I thought it was just a disaster, but people seemed to like it. And I got this really nice feedback and I got asked to dance at another event. And to be fair, this little event I danced at was in like a small room with like 30, 40 people watching. It wasn't super intimidating. So I think it was a good starter, casual sort of thing. But it's still 30 people with a pair of eyes, <laughs> each of them. So yeah. for a person who is not really used to be on public, comfortable on public, it was a great step, I guess. Like, And uh, it's really amazing that uh, even despite you being terrified, you still went for it and you did it. And you listened to your first impulse, I need to dance, and didn't overthink, or oh, maybe I shouldn't. You just did it, what you felt. That's awesome. And uh, do you remember the moment that, uh, or maybe not the moment exactly, but the time period that you start thinking about dance as a career and specifically ballet dance as your profession? I actually didn't um, ever think that I would do it as a profession, if I'm being totally honest. I just danced because it felt, at the time, it felt so good to dance. 
it just felt great. And I eventually did get more comfortable with the performing. And I really like that feeling when you're dancing and you see someone else in the audience, like start to tap their foot. Mm -hmm. You start to see them free themselves a little. They're starting to get into it because I know that feeling of sitting there and wanting to move and being too shy to, Mm. (laughs) I know it. So I like when you can kind of coax that out of someone else because it's a very good freeing, like liberating thing. But, um, after like, I guess technically my second performance, I got asked to teach and I declined. I said like, well, I'm going to level with you. I don't know nearly enough to teach. And that would be like the blind leading the blind. I'm just sort of moving around. Mm. (laughs) Um, and the, the, the person who had asked me was like, okay, that's fine. We'll go home for the summer. Cause this is when I was in university and think about it and maybe work on maybe, you know, wanting to do that. So I did. And I really puttered around with it for the summer. And then I came back and for the fall winter semester, I was like, okay, let's try this. <laughs> and I remember my disclaimer, any student who signed up, I was just really honest with them. I was like, look, I totally understand if you don't want to be here because this is, this is where I'm coming from. And I'm a believer in full disclosure, like people should kind of know what they're getting into. So I just thought I did that, but it was never a thought process. Actually, when I finished school, um, I was having a really hard time finding a job in my field or even in the sciences or even out of field, but I kept getting Mm. offered dance work. And I found that when I pursued that or talked to people or like put myself out there for that, good came of it. And I really loved doing it. So I was like, let's go for it. So it was after school and it was sort of this frustration of a year of job hunting and not having any like success Mm. that I was like, you know what, this feels right. This feels good. And you, you've done, you know, all right. So pour yourself into it. So I did. That's when I, I would say like after that year of finishing school and not finding a job, that's when I really poured myself into it. Cause in your head, you're like, okay, you know what? let's just do this. And I was like, this feels the best for me. I'm going to go for it because what's the worst that could possibly happen? Yeah, so true. Oh my God. I just love this girl. So honest, so bold, so straightforward, like not afraid of uh, just saying how, how the things are. I loved it. And also it's a great uh, reminder that yes, we very often don't like the or popular culture of TV or music scene, we very often complain that they misinterpret ballet dance and they don't present uh, uh, how authentic ballet dance is and just create additional stereotypes. But they also inspire people to go and learn and uh, dig more into what is that ballet dance is about and uh, how many people got involved uh, in ballet dance because of Shakira. We can discuss is she really ballet dance or not. That's a different topic. But her contribution to popularization of ballet dance, it's no no questions about it. And I love how Cassandra told about development of her story and how it's sort of gone very fast from very beginning of her being involved and her first performance and her sort of resistance to teaching in the beginning, but at the same time just being honest as a student and not pretending that she is teaching authentic or true or however you can call it, like real ballet dance, but just telling that she shares what she kind of knows what she likes and sharing her knowledge and uh, being honest with students that uh, she's just from the beginning of her journey as well. And this is something that 
I find missing so many young teachers who kind of want to start teaching, but they think that they need to pretend to be already professionals who know everything in order to get students, not realizing that they actually harm not only students, but themselves and their reputation, because those students eventually will grow and learn and will understand the uh, everything and there is no shame in being beginner in whatever field you are either you are a performer in ballet dance or you're a beginner teacher as well like there is nothing wrong with just admitting it of course you need to have certain knowledge and a certain sense of where you can't push students not to harm in order not to harm their health or create any injuries but that's another topic but at the same time if you are just starting your teaching career, there is nothing wrong with just admitting like, yeah, I'm a beginner teacher, here's what I can offer you and see if you want to stay with me and learn or if my classes are not for you. And I loved how Cassandra was just so honest and straightforward with her students as well as just admitting everything on the interview and saying seeing how her journey really was. I loved it. And if you want to hear more about her, go to episode 15. Then uh, we talked a lot about stereotypes around health and beauty and not only in ballet dance but in general in uh, society, our society and how social media presented and sort of persuade people that there is right way. But I love her phrase. I even put it on the teaser for the podcast. Health does not have one face. It can be so many different things. So we talked a lot about those stereotypes as well as how she deals with all uh, social media uh, challenges that her popularity on YouTube and Instagram brings her. And uh, I just love this episode. And now switching from Cassandra, let's go to the story of Shahrazad, who also got involved into Baladins because of... Uh, uh, ballet dance popularization on TV and some social media, but with a completely different perspective and completely different point of touch on how she was introduced into ballet dance. So let's dive in. It's kind of a funny story. <laughs> um, mm. I was able to find belly dance when I was very young, about 10 or 11 years old, um, my first exposure to belly dance was seeing it on television. At the time, there was a, a big popular craze for belly dance fitness. Mm -hmm. And it's still pretty popular in the U.S., but at this particular time, like they even had belly dance fitness DVDs advertised on TV. That's how popular mm -hmm. it was. So that was the first time that I saw it. And... Um, I don't know what it was that intrigued me so much about it because I, I had done other kinds of dance. I was doing some Indian dance and I did like ballet for little girls. Um, but something about the belly dance videos really caught my eye and I asked my mom to get them for me and it came with like a little hip scarf and a CD. <laughs> uh, it was like a little training pack that you got as this beginning belly dance course and um I loved the music like I remember mm. putting on the cd and just dancing around because I just loved the the music so after I worked with the videos for a while um I asked my mom if she could find me real in-person classes and she did there was a Moroccan restaurant that she knew had belly dancers so she called and asked 
And it was a local dancer named Maya who had weekly classes. So we started to go to that. We showed up. I was always very tall. Okay. So I was this giant child (laughs) that showed up. All of the other ladies in the class were in their late 20s to I would say like early 50s Mm -hmm. so we showed up and my mom was like oh uh, I I guess I'll just take the class with you (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so yeah so we started together actually my mom a lot of people think maybe my mom was a dancer but we started at the same time and um so it, it became like a really nice bonding thing she would take me to all my classes and she would take the classes too. And we were even in a troupe together at one point when I was really little. Mm. (laughs) So that was like the beginning. And um, yeah, we just kept going to more and more events and branching out and meeting different teachers and starting to go to festivals together and go to workshops. And so it kind of just went from there. That's really awesome story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that you started your professional uh, ballet dance career early too. Is it right? Yes. Um, I had been studying with a couple of more um, successful performers that were in the area where I was in when I started. I grew up like outside of Philadelphia. So in that city, they had a fair amount of professional dancers. And I started taking a lot of private lessons with some of those dancers. And that kind of started getting me into some of the local restaurant and nightclub performing jobs, especially the family restaurants. Um, I would start going with my teachers and then I started going by myself. So by the time I was 16 or 17, I was, doing a lot of performing and I was teaching just some like beginner classes at like a local gym. Um, so that's how I, I started professionally, mm-hmm. um, just on a nice like local level, but yes, it was, it was pretty young. <laughs> I see. Oh yes. How many of you can agree that ballet dance embrace any ages, any kind of uh, body shapes, any nationalities and just, can create so many social bonds uh, among us and even within the family. Isn't it amazing that Shahrazad and her mom start dancing together in the same uh, class and just uh, creating those extra uh, relationships and extra things that uh, tie us uh, together to each other and uh, can be shared interest. That's amazing. And I loved how this is completely different thing. Like she also found ballet dance through media, through TV, but uh, not from Shakira or any like movie, TV series or anything. It was from ballet dance fitness. So also so true how many women come to Baladin's class for the fitness purposes first and then they discover the whole world. I think most of uh, people who come to Baladin's class, they have no idea what they are getting themselves into. (laughs) So it was very um, nice to hear from Shahrazad her story and how she started as a a teenager. Actually, even before, like around uh, 10, 11 years, she uh, got introduced into Baladin's and since then, she is in this dance form 
If you want to hear more about her story, go back to episode number three. Uh, most of the time we talked about her current uh, work in Cairo and in general about the uh, modern Cairo scene and uh, what paladins look like now. So if you are interested in uh, this topic, uh, dive back into episode number three. But on this episode right now, we'll move forward to completely different stories because some of Baladin stars who are now successful as established they had their nose in the beginning of their journey and one of the stories was featured recently in one of the latest uh, interviews with Alex Delora and you would not believe but in the beginning of her dance journey she heard from her teacher or from her mentor that dance was not for her and that she would never be able to dance. Can you imagine this, saying someone, something like that to Alex Delora, who is, has incredible control over her body and she just hears the music so nice. And, of course, most of the episode that we talked with her was about drum solo because this is the main significant style for her and it involves so much musicality as well as body control and um, not that she only does incredible sequences of the movements she also managed to put a story in each of her performance either drum solo or any other music so this is the dance in its true aspects either movement or the character or the meaning of those movements like but it's fascinating to hear back her story that someone told her that she would not be able to dance whoa if you want to hear more go back to episode 21 but here is just featuring the beginning of this interview that she shared how she deal with that know that rejection and how from that point she got to the place that she's now ah it's a very interesting question uh actually i dance not from my childhood and um, in my childhood i did sports and i didn't like music at all i couldn't listen it at home when my mom started to play some music i told her like please stop i don't like I don't want music in home. Hmm. Yes, but with time, I started... It was enough for me of sport. And I decided to change. I stopped to do sport. And I decided, like, oh, I want to dance. <laughs> and I went to some group. I wrote about it, uh, the post and Instagram. There was event. I wanted to dance uh, in this event. I came to the repetition, to the preparation we started to dance and after one month they told me like please Alex you know something is wrong let's do maybe you can walk like in carnaval dress with the fear feathers you're tall so you can be just fun in the feathers mm -hmm. I said okay let's try we started to do training about this thing and after one month, again, they tell me, like, you know, dance is not for you. You will never be able to dance. Oh, wow. Yes, you, you cannot dance. You cannot feel your body. You cannot feel the rhythm. You cannot feel the music. 
You did sport before? Okay, go and continue to do sport, but not dance. And I said like, oh, really? And uh, this time when we were preparing this performance, we did really not complicated choreography and it was only one my, one my meet with the dance. So I have never imagined something another about dance. And I think, ah, it's not so complicated, you're dancing. I will try, but not with you. And I went to another group. I was not sad that they told me, like, you will never be able to dance. I went to another group. I came to traditional gypsy group. They were singing, playing violin, guitar, and we were dancing with them. And we started to develop dance. So in this group, I started to feel what is the music? What is the construction of the music? What is the rhythm? What is the logic inside of any composition? And I finally understood what is the dance. And I really fell in love with this. And I found that... Oh, gypsy dance is a cool, okay, I like it so much, but some my child from some dreams from my childhood, it was belly dance. I saw it somewhere on TV and it fixed in my mind so much. So I was dancing in gypsy group and myself at home, I started to do belly dance. Hmm. And my teacher in dance uh, gypsy group, they started to help me like to to develop my technique to develop my dance skills because anyway dance is a dance it's belly dance or it's gypsy dance or it's ballet or it's jazz i don't know any kind of dance has the special dance base yeah so we should to discover this dance base and they started to do this exactly this this gypsy group Wow, I can't believe that someone told you that dance is not for you. That's unbelievable. <laughs> how many yes. how many years ago was that approximately? I was in university. I started to dance when I was in university. Mm-hmm. I never answer how many years in general I dance because it gives some prejudgment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like when people don't have it. I like when people just love what they do. So how many years I do belly dance and how many years before it was, this I never answered. Mm-hmm. What I can tell, it's just that I was already adult. I was with a with brain, <laughs> not <laughs> child. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. a point that sometimes we too much rely on the numbers of years, like for whatever reason, whatever we are talking about. But it's not about number of years, it's about quality of years. Yes. I was more asking to see, like, okay, how long was that journey, like, to take you from the point that someone told you, like, oh, you can dance, to now being successful dancer, traveling all around the world and uh, teaching dance now. <laughs> That's a crazy story. But um, so you mentioned that you started doing ballet dance at home on your own. And... Um, how did ballet dance path later developed? Like, did you go to any school formal or did you practice on your own? Because you also have very specific, very um, significant dance technique. So was it inspired by some specific teacher or, I don't know, other dancers you saw or your own inventions? <laughs> 
Uh, well, uh, when I started to do gypsy dance, I also came to belly dance class, but it was uh, fitness belly dance. Uh, for that time, it seems like, okay, it's great because now another classes of belly dance in my city. And actually, it was the beginning of develop of belly dance, so you cannot find uh, really too much of this information about this dance. So I came to fitness belly dance, but later... I did myself at home. Fitness belly dance gave me just some base, like a wave, omi, some shimmy, something like this. But I discovered belly dance myself at home with internet. It was time of YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I was watching like a Jelena, Sadie, Sonia, belly dance superstars, Rachel Bryce of tri Tribal Queen, really queen. Uh, so... My belly dance style appeared by influence of these stars of this style from America. And uh, maybe, maybe that's why it looks like this. Because in Ukraine, in that time, belly dance started to appear. And, um, well, it was a lot of uh, belly dance fitness way, uh, belly dance fitness schools. So maybe everyone developed in a similar mm -hmm. way. But for me, it was a little bit another. And for me, it was very interesting thing that I was always watching videos in YouTube. And like I see Jelena, Sonia, Rachel, Dina, Didem. I was watching these girls. And I thought this, uh, this is the belly dancer which I can meet on the competition. So this is the belly dance stars and they take part in competition. So my first competition, when I arrive, I was hoping that I will see Jelena, Sonia, and so on, so on. And I see like, oh, something strange. It's not these girls. And it's another level of belly dance. Of course, competition and stars, it's uh, different. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, it's very interesting. It's another and... I don't understand they dance in another way than I do because I have never discovered Ukrainian and Russian belly dancers. I was always looking somewhere far. Mm -hmm. And here on the competition, it was first time when I see this style and I think, oh, it's it's another. I, I cannot understand how I dance. Do I do good or do I do bad? But I feel that I do another way than they do. And it was very interesting moment in my view, like my world start to be another <laughs> because I have never seen these dancers before in this style. And first competition I came just to watch and second competition I think, okay, I don't know how I look. Maybe I'm very bad. Maybe I'm really don't have any skills. But I want to take part in this competition and better to be the most bad one between the best than to be the best between most bad. And I decided to register myself to professional category. <laughs> <laughs> it was really strange. And now when I tell about this, it really sounds silly. It sounds crazy. But yeah, I decided to do like this. Why not? <laughs> and... And I won this competition. Wow. <laughs> yes, it was my the biggest surprise that I won it. Because 
everyone was very skeptic about my dancing and even me i was skeptic because it was just for fun i was touched by that word that you will never be able to dance and i think like oh my god i don't believe i will and um these words just made me to to love dance and to join to to enjoy it but anyway i was skeptic and everyone around was skeptic and i remember i'm going home after competition and i'm in bus and i call to my mom and i tell like oh mom i won the competition mom tell me oh really hmm, it's very strange <laughs> I say yeah for me too but <laughs> I I want it <laughs> and um, then I decided to go to few another competitions but actually I took part not in too many competitions really this was first one then second one couple more then one international belly dance and I started to be invited like a ghost really really not many competitions Ah, this is such an inspiring story. Guys, never let anyone stop you from pursuing your dreams. Doesn't matter big dreams or small dreams. Like, nobody can decide uh, instead of you what you are capable of. And never let anyone's judgment of your capabilities be the final verdict for whatever you want to pursue. You know, I like the phrase, if you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. And this is so true. Everything is, at the end of the day, our decision. If we decide that we can't, then we actually are not able to do something. But if we decide we can, it doesn't matter what other people tell. We know we are capable, and it's just a matter of going forward for it and... Uh, Get into the place that you want to be. And uh, this story from Alex Delora, I think this is so inspiring because today, uh, watching her videos and seeing uh, how many other dancers she inspired to go forward for her for their dance dreams, it's unimaginable to think that someone told her that she would not be able to dance. Like, what? I still can't believe it when I heard this interview already a couple of times that this actually happened. And I think this is very inspiring and very good reminder for us that don't let anyone decide on your behalf what you are capable of and everything is possible if you decide you are able to do it and if you commit to get to the place that you want to be and to reach your goals and dreams. And our next story about uh, funny beginnings of belly dance journeys from our belly dance stars is a story from Sadie and how many dancers were inspired by her videos and her dancing to go in dig more but it's very funny to hear how she got involved into belly dance and it's a fun reminder that sometimes we know deep inside what we actually want and uh, what is our passion even before we actually consciously realize it. So I just will let you hear this fun story from Sadie. It appears that my very first fascination with belly dancing started at a very young age when I was about 10 years old and 
I told my mother that I wanted to be a belly dancer for Halloween. Mm. So I was young. I, I don't know where that came from. She doesn't either because she doesn't have any memory of us seeing a belly dancer anywhere or something like this. So I have pictures. I was about 10 years old celebrating Halloween here in the United States and my um, kind of belly dancer-ish costume. And my brother was a dinosaur that year, which is funny because my brother actually is pursuing a degree in paleontology, which is digging up dinosaur bones. <laughs> and I am here, I am a belly dancer. So that was my very first, um, you know, recollection that I have of having some fascination with this idea of belly dancing. And then when I was about 18, I, I had the fascination again. And I ended up looking in my local phone book because this was a 1995, 96. So it was really before any social media. And it was even before dancers were really using the internet to promote themselves yet. So at least where I live here, people were still putting their classes and their studios in the phone book. And some people listening to this might not even know what a phone book is, but um, I had to look through the yellow pages of the phone book to find dance classes. And then I found a couple listings for belly dance and I called to get the brochure, brochure that was mailed to me in the mail. And then I signed up for the classes and the rest was kind of history. I really fell in love immediately and sort of felt like I found the place that I needed to be and wanted to be and found a place that I could really express myself. So from that moment, I kind of stuck with it. You know, I had my ups and downs where I would take a break and I, I went to school and college and I was getting into some other things here and there, but I always came back to belly dance and it never, I was never able to fully let go of it or get it out of my life. So my early years just kind of started with a really intriguing fascination of, you know, what is this? I could tell it was something so special and so unique and there wasn't a whole lot of information about it certainly not like there is today you can't do a google search about at that time you couldn't do a google search for everything you wanted to know and at that time we didn't have even a quarter of the scholars and the academics that we have compiling the research that has been done now in the last 20 years so it was really this fascinating intriguing topic and dance that just had so much mystery around it that i really wanted to dive deep and get to know as much about it as I possibly could. But it's also so fascinating to hear your story of Halloween costumes, both for you and your brother. It's so funny how often we know unconsciously already what we want to do, what is our passion, even before we sort of find out it consciously. <laughs> yes, I agree. Because I'm really, I've tried, like, what did I see or what happened that would have inspired me to want to be a belly dancer at 10 years old for Halloween? And I, I still just can't seem to figure it out. Mm. So if for now, it remains a mystery. <laughs> well, we are very lucky with such mystery. <laughs> Good you decided to pursue it. <laughs> yeah. Guys, and do you remember your childish dreams or fantasies? It's so fun to hear that Sadie wanted to be a belly dancer for one of the Halloween parties, not even realizing that this may become her life in the future and how many other people she will inspire to go and dig into belly dance art. That's so amazing. And this is even before social media boom. So belly dance was not 
that much out there. And if you want to dig more into uh, Sadie's story, go back to episode number 14 because we talk a lot about uh, changes that social media brought and expectations for dancers before there was that boom and what's happening now and all the differences and some similarities as well. But it's very interesting to hear the story of the star who is established now, but who began her dance journey in a completely different environment and ballad and settings than what we have now. And to finish our today's podcast, I wanted to include Jazira's story and how she started ballad dance, because you'll hear that... Uh, she actually was inspired partially by social media and specifically by Sadie, but this was already different era that the social media was at its boom. So it's interesting to hear different stories from dancers who today are successful and travel all, all around the world and other people go and study with them, but how they got inspired by some of their ballet dance colleagues. And the funny thing, you'll hear some very fun coincidences and similarities in their stories about costuming. So I just let you listen to Jazeera's story on how she became involved into ballet dance. The whole story is kind of funny. Uh, because most uh, stories that I hear, for example, from my students is that they went to Arabic countries and they saw belly dancer or they went to Arabic restaurant and they saw belly dancer. But with me, it was really, really accident. My family actually likes to have uh, costume parties. Mm. So in 2008, in summer, there was very big um, family party for about 30 people. My aunt invited family from all around uh, Poland and actually some members even came from uh, abroad, like from England, to join this weekend party. And there is always some topic that we should wear costumes just in the evening for barbecue and it doesn't have to be anything serious, it can be just funny hat or wig or uh, anything that you can wear and just to have fun. So my aunt decided that she gave me, actually, she gave me the long red skirt and a red uh, hip scarf with coins. Mm. And she told me, you're going to be belly dancer tonight. <laughs> because I was always, I was always a dancer in family because of the ballroom dance, because of my diaper dance when I was not even one year old. <laughs> so I was always considered as a dancer. She decided, you are going to be belly dancer tonight. I had no idea what is belly dance. I was never interested. And I said, no way, like I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so I just checked on YouTube. And I probably was lucky enough to find a good video because the video that I came across was Sadie and Kaya dancing duo and <laughs> tag team on the floor. And then they danced drum solo together. Oh my God, uh, my jaw was just dropped on the floor when I saw how they are dancing and then I thought this is so cool I need to know how to do it so it was totally a joke joke of my own that she just gave me some you know very basic parts of the costumes she she decided I'm going to be a belly dancer in the party and actually it's just moved my whole life in different direction because now it's my job and I do it only, this is my only job for life. So it was really accident, a joke, 
from my family member and I become so interested that first of course I found a Belidan school to join classes then I fell in love so much that I started to join workshops and learn much more not only about dancing but the whole cultural background, the story, rhythms and all the important things that we need to know about dance, not only movements. So mm. from a joke to a career. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I believe I may be mistaken here. I'm just relying on my memory. But I believe a few interviews ago, uh, actually, we were talking with Sadi and she also had a fun costume story, <laughs> but her was that her introduction to belly dance was she wanted to, to be a belly dancer for Halloween. <laughs> so it's fun to hear from you, like not exactly the same story, but uh, very similar, like through uh, costume parties, introduction to belly dance. That's awesome. <laughs> And, and you see, like, the city was my first one. So yeah. uh, even later, I met her a few times because she visited Poland with workshops. I always joined her workshops and I told her she was the one uh, that made me to belly dance. <laughs> that's so exciting. And uh, also today you have a very specific style of a lot of uh, isolation work and coordination of the body. So where did that come uh, from? Was it something inspired by your teacher or is it something you developed later? I think from the very first moment it was probably, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it was uh, inspired by Sadie because mm -hmm. uh, Sadie and Kaya first as a duo, then later uh, I followed Sadie. So I think a lot of uh, idea to be focused on drum solo and isolation I got from her. And then actually I really liked in general, American style. So I followed Jelena, Aziza from Canada also. So those my those are my first inspiration and I just fell in love and I think it stayed with me. Of course, later I joined a lot of workshops, uh, Egyptians, people from East Europe. So I think that maybe it's a mix of many styles, many things that I liked. Some things probably just came up like when I was training I just created by accident some new combination and then I just write it down and decided to put in my choreography and later teach on workshops. Uh, but yes, I think I have a lot of American influences in my style. Mm, I love that we are closing this episode with a story from Jazeera because this gives just another another perspective on how people start doing belly dance. In her case, it was just by accident, the same kind of costuming story as uh, one of people who later inspired her, Sadie. But at the same time, it was already different times that uh, Jazeera got her inspiration from social media a lot. And also she came to her belly dance class with a very specific... Uh, commitment that she actually wanted to succeed in dance skills. Maybe she didn't think right away about having a professional dance career, but she wanted that commitment like, oh, I want to really learn and be able to do it. So it was not uh, just for fun, for social aspect or for fitness aspect or for any other kind. It was very committed approach. Oh, I want to learn and figure out belly dance and if you heard the episode with her which was interview um, in episode number 19 you probably remember how much valuable tips she gave day-to-day -day training and she shared her secrets on how she keeps uh, uh, herself motivated and how she structure her 
everyday training and she does a lot of drilling as well as choreographing and uh, uh, other kind of dance uh, routines and dance training so if you're someone who right now at the point that you want to commit to take your dance journey on a different level and not only go practice in the dance studio but make sure you also practice on your own that interview that episode number 19 will be a treasure box for you because she just gives so much useful information there so go ahead and listen to it and also I hope you liked this uh, little mashup of different interviews uh, that I did for today's episode I hope it gave uh, a little bit different perspective on different ballet dance journeys and different aspects of ballet dance world and how people start uh, uh, their dance journeys and also a good reminder for you that all the ballet dance stars that we admire today they were beginners as well so sometimes i hear from people saying like oh but uh, uh, I would never be able to reach, uh, to become a great dancer or develop my skills to a certain level. I'm, uh, I'm just a beginner, I don't know what to do. But my idea of this episode was just to give a reminder that everyone had started somewhere. Nobody was born as ballet dance superstar <laughs> or super successful dancer. No, everyone had started their journey somewhere and uh, everyone had their own different reasons. Sometimes it was consciously I want to go and come to ballet dance class and sometimes it was by accident, like they were looking for some other dance classes and accidentally they ended up in ballet dance school. <laughs> and uh, there is no right or wrong way with it. It's just embrace your own journey and uh, just enjoy it. And don't forget to let me know if you like this kind of mashup or compilation uh, episode. So I will do more of those as well. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you. And until next time, keep shimming. Guys. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcast so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.